the Disney Vibes Podcast. Talking insider tips, tricks, and pixie dust. For the most magical place on earth, here's Andrew and Heather. Hello everybody, once again, welcome to the Disney Vibes Podcast. This is episode number 11 for the week of January 13th, 2022. Hello, Heather. Hello, Andrew. (laughs) (laughs) Once again... The Disney Vibes Podcast is brought to you by Magical Destinations Travel, bookmdtravel.com. Uh, one of our agents will be with you to assist you in planning your vacation. There's no obligation for a free quote and no cost to you at any point. And just a reminder, you can download the Disney Vibes Podcast wherever you get your podcasts from. If you like the content, please help us out by providing feedback and a rating as well. We greatly appreciate your support. So today we are changing up a bit. Now we are excited to have an interview for the first time. We're bringing in Nicole, who's an agent here at Magical Destinations Travel. And her love for Disney is 20 years and growing strong. She prides herself in knowing all the ins and outs, tips and tricks when it comes to all things Disney. Now, Nicole recently visited this past November during the Thanksgiving break, which is one of the most busiest times to visit Disney. And we wanted to bring her on here to hear about her trip, to get her thoughts on Genie Plus and just see, you know, and just get all of the firsthand feedback from her. So we are so excited to bring her on. Yeah, she's one of the first individuals who has had the experience with uh, Genie Plus and the individual lightning lanes, being that it just launched uh, alongside the 50th anniversary for Walt Disney World Resort. So we are going to talk to Nicole. Nicole is one of our agents with Magical Destinations Travel. Hello, Nicole. Hello. Thanks for having me. How are things going? Great. So we wanted to say, yes, we're very, very excited to have you on. Uh, You were just recently, we're at Disney World. We're going to talk about that, but let's uh, give the audience uh, a little preface. Tell us a little bit about yourself, your love for Disney when it started. All right. So my love for Disney started when I was a kid and my parents took me when I was in second grade, me and my brother, and immediately fell in love with just the magic of Disney. Um, and it's grown since. So even as an adult, I actually feel like I love it more because I, it just reminds me of my childhood. Um, so I've gone about once every year for the past eight or so years. I did two Disney half marathons. Um, oh, that's so, awesome. Yeah. So it's just growing stronger and bigger. And uh, I'm very excited to help other people, you know, experience it as well. It's awesome. Did you do the princess run? I did not. I did the wine and dine both times. Oh. Ah, there you go. Wine and dine. Did yeah. you get a medal? Where's your medal? Is it like framed? Oh, yeah. It's hanging up. <laughs> I have girl. it hanging up, both Love of them. It. That's <laughs> awesome. Yes. All right. So then. And then you get to enjoy. Very cool. So, where did you stay when you went on your last trip this past November during Thanksgiving break? I stayed at Port Orleans French Quarter. That was, I think, my third time staying there. So, since it was your third time, is there uh, a, a desire to always go back to French Quarter? Like, what's the big difference between French Quarter and Riverside? That's a big question that people always ask. Uh, I don't know if you stayed at Riverside as well. I have stayed at Riverside, yes. And I do feel there's a difference. I think I like French Quarter better because it's smaller. There's okay. one bus stop area, you know. Um, the rooms are very close by, you know, to the main where main area where you get your food and all that stuff. Um, 
And I felt that way. I feel that way over a lot of other resorts, um, you know, Caribbean Beach and, uh, you know, those other ones that I've stayed at as well. I just like that it's very small and easy to get around. And that's a big thing for people as we spoke with a client earlier today and they were like, the resorts that, you know, they were looking at price points. So we have the value at moderate and deluxe level. Uh, and obviously then the villas at the very end with DVC. However, you know, we were talking about value resorts with them and they were like, you know, the theming for us just wasn't working. And that's fine. I mean, it's not for everybody in that regard. And I totally mm -hmm. understood what this, you know, this client was saying. She's like, I just really wasn't feeling it. And I was like, it's just a matter of we're giving you the options, you know, to see what fits within your budget. So we gave them six different hotels, you know, with all three tiers, and they ended up deciding to go with the moderate level. Um, and really, there wasn't much of a difference. We did have them. They're going to, I believe, stay at Riverside, I would say, because we've stayed at Riverside. We've never stayed at French Quarter, correct, Heather? Yes, correct. So, I mean, we liked Riverside. It was nice, you it, know. Yeah, it was cute. It was different. One of the big things with Riverside that's beneficial is depending upon the size of your family, and I don't know about French Quarter, Nicole, maybe you can answer this or not, but Riverside does allow for the fifth sleeper. So for families of five, you can fit in that moderate resort with that tier there, Caribbean Beach. Otherwise, you have to do the family suites uh, at like Art of Animation or the All-Stars has their new family suites. But does French Quarter sleep five as well? Do you know? That I'm not sure of. All right, something um, to look into, yeah. But I will say also that the one benefit of Riverside, too, is if the pool area is a lot nicer there. And I know that you can, like, walk. You can go to the pool if you're staying at French Quarter. You can go to the pool at Riverside. Um, I've never done that while I've stayed there, but I know the pool is a lot nicer at Riverside if you're looking to use the pool. Right, well, and they're, like, across the street from each other, correct? I'm pretty sure, yeah. You can, I'm pretty sure you can walk to each you know, resort. Right. So there's an easy way to get to them. You know, that was a big, a big thing with, with Disney is you were able to pre pandemic, you're able to pool hop and you could go to the different resorts and go to different pools. Now they've kind of, uh, I don't want to say, you know, put a complete stop to it, but for the most part, depending upon which pool you're trying to access. So for example, if we think of beach club, yacht club and storm along Bay there, that pool with, you know, where the sands on the bottom, of the pool, you actually, there's someone at the gate who scans your bands uh, or looks at your phone reservation to ensure that you are able to have access to that pool. So it was nice that Disney did allow, because the resorts are so beautiful and unique in their own way, you were able to go to multiple resorts and check out different pools and amenities and so forth. Now, I think they're kind of trying to, you know, obviously with COVID, kind of keep people in their own resort uh, and not going around uh, to all the different resorts on property. But that's great to hear, though, about uh, French Quarter. We've never stayed there, but it's something we can definitely check out, uh, specifically if they allow for five. That's a big thing. Yeah. So when you we have to have. Go ahead. I was going to say, you have to have the beignets when you go there, because that is one big thing they're known for. <laughs> They're what? very delicious. What is it? It's like a fried dough almost. Ooh. I like fried dough. I'll take it. No. Oh, it's so good. We'll take two because, I mean, I guess I'll have to share with Andrew. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so uh, you went right at the pinnacle time of when they were launching Genie, Genie Plus, and Individual Lightning Lane. So uh, obviously, I don't know if all the kinks were worked out while you were there. However, tell us, what did you use Genie, uh, just Genie, in the tip board? 
uh, versus did you use Genie Plus? And then we'll talk about virtual queues and lightning lanes in a little bit. So tell us your experience right. with that. So I did use Genie Plus every day. Um, I knew that I wanted to try it. And also it was so busy for Thanksgiving that, um, you know, I didn't want to wait online. So I I went with my brothers and my mom and we all got Genie Plus and it was 100% worth it. I think no matter what time of the year you go, it is totally worth it. Um, we didn't have to wait on hardly any lines. And I, I actually did like write down some of the times um, that I had to wait for different, you know, attractions and stuff. Um, but like Splash Mountain, I think we got online on the Lightning Lane with our Genie Plus, and we were on the ride within two minutes. Wow. I mean, it was wow. like that for almost every every attraction. I have to, the only one that I think waited longer than like ten minutes with Genie Plus was Jungle Cruise, and it was like a two hour wait at the time. Um, and I think with the Genie Plus, we waited like ten minutes, but totally, totally worth it. Um, I know the prices add up, you know, for, for sure. people, especially that have like larger families. But my motto when I go to Disney is that you have to go big or go home. <laughs> and <laughs> I think that you can't like, you know, you have to just go for it. So the $15 a day per person is definitely worth it, in my opinion. So one thing, I, a couple points I wanted to, as you were speaking. So Jungle Cruise, obviously a two-hour wait. Jungle Cruise was still experiencing, even when we were in August, and then it obviously carried over to November, experiencing, uh, you know, the movie coming out. So everybody yeah. was like, oh, you know, I'm going to be with The Rock or whatever. You know, they were just looking at different things because they had just experienced the movie. So it kind of gave Jungle Cruise and even the restaurant Jungle Canteen Skipper kind of a big boost in, uh, you know, popularity. So... I understand that. It's great to hear that you got on the rides right away, specifically for that week with the amount of time. So part of me just wonders, is that strictly because it it's working, like the, the system was flawless? Or do you think part of it was people are like, I'm not spending this money, I'm going to kind of just roll the dice and see how I do without adding the extra cost of genie plus so i wonder if because it was new if a lot of people still you know d decided to not add it to their package because they're like ah, i don't need it yeah I, I, that's a good question i mean there were times where you know i got on and i was looking at the line and the amount of people that were waiting online for things like you know Splash mountain or i know that's going away so that could be a reason but you know, so many of the rides that I was looking on these people waiting on these long, long lines. and like, what are you doing? You know, do you, like, so I don't know, maybe they don't know about it, but I do think the system works really well, you know, and the only downside that I didn't love is waking up so early because you, you do have to get up at seven o'clock to start making your genie plus like selections. Mm -hmm. Otherwise you're kind of, you know, you're really missing out on a lot because they go fast. Right. Um, Did you notice... So the time frames in which you, you know, requested these these rides, did the times work out? Like, were you going from, like, one side of the park to the other and back at all? Um, there was a little bit of time where I was like, oh, I can't make another selection for, like, 45 minutes. Okay. Um, but I do think, again, it depends on, like, you waking up early and making sure your first selection is, like, as soon as you get in the park. Mm. Um. You know, it's, it's a lot of like that, that is frustrating because there's a lot of like playing around on the app and like trying. And I, I also found that like, if I refresh the page, new times would come up. So sometimes I would be like, oh, well, these times don't work for me, refresh. And then new times would come up that did work for me. 
not necessarily later times, but just different times. So that was like something that I don't know if they have to, you know, fix that or, I mean, it helped me. So. Right. No, that's a great tip though. But is it, so you basically, these times came up two twenty, two forty, three o'clock, let's just say for an example, mm-hmm. and you would hit decline. These times don't work for you refresh. And then it would give you new times later than that, or just varied throughout the day. Just- just varied. I mean, sometimes they were later. Sometimes I got lucky and got earlier time. Mm. So I wonder if that's that a big uh, thing with how many people are canceling, you know, certain rides and attractions. And then that kind of like kind of like dining that opens up a slot for you because yeah. when you were booking these, you were booking it for four people, correct? Yeah. So, you know, um, that's interesting. It is interesting that when, you know, I, I I know we talked about Splash Mountain and how it's being reimagined as a new uh, ride and attraction, but if it was based on popularity, uh, but even, it, like you said, Jungle Cruise being very popular at the time, uh, it would only it still was a 10-minute wait on the Lightning Lane. I'm wondering, like, okay, is it they let the Lightning Lane all the way through and then they start letting standby in again? Or, you know, did you see, like, how, like, when you got to the front, right of the line did they let a lot of lightning lane people in like five times the amount of lightning lane versus you know one one ride of of standby you know did you see any of that or no um i i do i do feel like it was like that um it was very similar to the old fast pass system like they yeah they would let most people on i mean i guess it depended on the ride too because some rides they had like a whole separate spot for the lightning lane like right. the uh Flight of Passage, I didn't see any standby people at all. Like, we had a complete different entrance. Oh, wow. You know, everybody I was with was lightning lane people, you know? Interesting. You know, and another question I had regarding this. So, I'm trying to envision it because if you add Genie Plus, like, we can't add it just to play around with it. There isn't, like, a a model where you can kind of just play around with the app. You have to actually have it, have park tickets. So, as... As you, you set it up, you know, you get up early in the morning, you choose your first selection for the park you're going into, and then you experience that ride. You can't make another selection until you've gone through the gates on that ride. Is that accurate? Like you scan your magic band? Correct. Correct, yeah. And then... Unless it's your... Yeah, correct. Mm-hmm. And then once you get off the ride, so let's say you went on Splash Mountain at 9 a.m., right? You get off... Then you can go back into the the My Disney Experience app and choose your next Lightning Lane from Genie Plus at Magic Kingdom. Is that how it's working? You can act, yeah, and you can actually do any Genie Plus Lightning Lane for anywhere in the park, which is another really good thing about this as opposed to Fast Pass because you could only pick your three Fast Passes in the same park. But we park hopped, and I was able to make you know selections throughout the different parts yeah that's that's a monumental change correct i remember that when you had the old fast pass system you use your three fast passes up and then it wouldn't let you choose another one specifically i mean even in another park so that's nice that if you knew you were going to magic kingdom in the morning you wanted to hit splash and space mountain and then you wanted to go on frozen at epcot you could do that and make those three selections but Correct me if I'm wrong. I want to make sure I'm explaining this correctly is you'd have to, you can only make one genie plus lightning lane selection at a time, right? 
so this is where I, now I'm getting confused too because I know I actually am not sure. I, I think you just have to wait two hours. I actually think that's what it is. You have to wait two hours from the time you last elected one. Got it. So if you're starting at 7 a.m., you choose Splash Mountain. At 9 a.m., you can choose your next attraction. Yes. And then if you're in the park, 9 a.m., you go on Space Mountain. Once you go through the gates or the turnstiles for Space Mountain, which was your second genie you know, attraction of the day, let's say that's when you can make your third one or your next one, all the subsequent ones. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think they're still working out some of the kinks with the system, you know, for that kind of thing. Cause that's confusing for, for people. That's, I mean, I mean, I get it. It's all coding and, and, and the system is, is working. Clearly it was beneficial, you know, for your trip, but I think just making sure, I think that's something that's a great kind of like one pager to give to our clients is saying, you know, actually examples Okay, 7 a.m., you get up, you have Genie Plus, boom, you make your first selection for the park you're entering in, you know, and then say, okay, then at this time, you should be making your second selection. Once you go through yeah. this, or which I think that's a great one-pager, simple thing that we can make to provide clients is kind of like a cheat sheet right. that they can explain them to how to get the best uh, usage of Genie Plus. I think that's, you know, a great idea. The one other question I had, and then I'll get off Genie Plus, but it was a big thing when it uh, launched in October anyways, is yeah, I know you did for all four parks. And we have had the conversation uh, on the podcast whether it's really worth the value specifically for Animal Kingdom and Epcot. Because the rides, you know, some of them aren't as... Uh, you know, popular. It's not as crazy of the parks compared to Magic Kingdom and Hollywood Studios. Did you see that it was really beneficial to have it at Animal Kingdom and or Epcot? Um, so my mom loves Soren. She's obsessed with Soren. Mm -hmm. That was like such a priority for us. So I, I don't, I don't, I think it depends on, you know, who you're with, like if you have little kids and what type, what types of rides or attractions you want to do, because it was so busy that if we wanted to wait online for Soren, it would have taken, you know, forever. So even just spending the money for that one ride was worth it. But I will say, um, you know, if you were there for like a long time, like a week, you had a full week or more than one day in a park, or you were there, um, you know, during a slower time, Probably not. It probably is not worth it because I'm trying to think right now off the top of my head what I use the Genie Plus for in Epcot or Animal Kingdom. I know we, we did Soren, We did Spaceship Earth. Um, we didn't get on Test Track. We didn't have, there was not, you know, any time for it. Oh, wow. So I don't know. You know, it's tough to say. Like, you just got to kind of look at what you're priorities are your ride you know ride priorities are but and animal kingdom too i don't really feel like it would have been super worth it for animal kingdom um we did hollywood studios and animal kingdom on the same day so okay. it made sense for us to do it but right. if it was just full day in animal kingdom i probably wouldn't have done it no and i think that's the key right mm -hmm. there is if you're park hopping and you're going to animal kingdom because there are people who will spend an entire day at animal kingdom because of you know, Festival of the Lion King and all of the different shows, 
Um, oh, yeah. However, I do think there's a lot of people that are like, I'm hitting the rides. I don't need to hit all the dino lands in Asia. I've, I've been, I've done it, right? If it's your first experience, I get it. You're going to spend a lot of time there. But the park dies down towards later in the evening because there's no nighttime, uh, you know, entertainment. So if you're leaving that park, I mean, you can essentially get Genie Plus for one, you know, you buy it for one day, but you can use it in two parks, which I think is advantageous because, Specifically, let's just say Animal Kingdom, um, Flight of Passage won't even be at this time part of, I mean, it's subject to change, but it's not part of Genie Plus. So you paid extra for that, right? Correct. Yes. And um, not Everest. Everest, we did too. Expedition, right. So, which is, right. So there's um, a difference in price. Like, do you remember was Flight of Passage, what the cost was at that time? I mean, it's one of the busiest times of the year. It was $15 which is their max at this point, and that's for yeah. Flight of Passage. But Expedition Everest was how much? Do you remember? Like nine? Seven. Seven. Oh, wow. So, again, and that tiered pricing, like people can ask us all the time, and we don't have the answer because things are are subject to change so quickly. And I think mm-hmm. that's the challenge is, you know, as you're planning that, you know, and right now those are the two individual Lightning Lane attractions at uh, Animal Kingdom. Now, Epcot, so... Correct me if I'm wrong, when you went, and this news just came out last week, it changed, but Remy's Ratatouille Adventure was a virtual queue. Yeah. And did you get to go on it via virtual queue? Yeah. Okay, so same kind of experience. You got up early in the morning, you got in line for Remy, uh, well, virtual line for Remy's. How did you like the Remy's Ratatouille Adventure? Did you watch the movie? I did watch the movie, and I... I don't know. I, I liked it. I got a little nauseous, which I usually don't. Um, I, I have to say though, I felt like the hype was really high. So mm. I had like the most highest expectations. Right. And I, I liked it. I didn't think it was like the best ride ever. Right. Um, you know, I don't know. I, and maybe it was because I got nauseous on it, but I have heard, I, I have heard that's kind of uh, that's that's happening more often than not. There are people that d- typically don't get, you know, motion sickness or anything, and that is that happens. So, I know I would have to take some Dremamine before that. Um, yeah, but interesting. Uh, but the queue, I, mean, I know they're getting, you know, they're going away with the virtual queue. But just you know, for people to know if they ever do come back with a virtual queue, I was worried because our scheduled time to come back they kind of give you like an estimated time was yep. like right when we were going to have thanksgiving dinner at um oh where did we go on the boardwalk and you know i was like so concerned so i went up to the cast member i was like i don't know what to do he's like just go he's like it'll still be in here even if you come later you know don't worry about it right so it's and really the earliest time you can go they'll let you what? on if you're later so you can return yeah. later than your estimated time you just can't show up earlier is basically what it comes down to. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So that was good to know. I didn't know that. And I was kind of stressing out about it, but it was totally fine. So, so, I mean, and that's the Disney cast members. They usually bend over backwards. They're, you know, they're not there to cause, you know, headaches for anybody's vacation. Um, but yeah, so now Remy's Ratatouille Adventure, maybe it's the trackless technology, uh, you know, uh, that kind of made you, you know, feel a little uneasy, did, do you typically feel a little uneasy on, like, Flight of Passage? Because that's Heather's. That's her, you know, that's her kryptonite. 
Mm. Um, I, I, sometimes I really don't like I one time on Soren I did like I think it just depends. Got but, it. Uh, day yeah. by day, who knows how our bodies yeah. are reacting to everything, right? So, uh, all right. So individual lightning lane selections. Um, you did the ones like we spoke about at Animal Kingdom. Did you do yeah. any others throughout your experience with the parks? So, like Epcot, did you do uh, Frozen? No, I didn't do Frozen. I would have loved to, but my my brother's probably, you know. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's funny. Um, what did we do? I did Space Mountain. That was $7 in Magic Kingdom. Okay. Totally worth it. I mean, I've done that right a million times, but. Yeah, you got you to love Space go Mountain. To Magic Kingdom and not do Space Mountain, so. Yep. Did you do Seven Dwarfs? Um, I did not. Okay. I didn't do Seven Dwarfs. Uh, what else did we do? We did find out that if you rope drop, which is a strategy at Magic Kingdom, again, depending upon the time of the year, but when we were there, we, and we actually marked down the times, we uh, went to Fantasyland immediately, got online, and I think we were uh, we were on Seven Dwarfs within 20 minutes, yeah, 25 minutes. sounds about right. So, uh, oh. you know, and that was obviously pre-Lightning Lane and everything else. There was no Fast Pass at that time, but I'd be interested to try that as a strategy again. Um, for, for those who want to try things at Magic Kingdom, it's and now they have the early entry if you're staying on property. So there's a lot of things that uh, you can try to, to do to utilize it without having to pay for the individual lightning lane. So um, what about, uh, last last one, Star Wars Rise of the Resistance? Uh, I, I hate myself every day for not doing it. Oh, boy. Um, <sighs> I know, I know. So I think I missed, I don't know if it was that I didn't. I think that the problem was that that day we were going to Animal Kingdom and Hollywood Studios and my brothers really wanted to do, I mean, we wanted to do both, but they've never done Flight of Passage. So I was like, right. you guys have to do it. And then it was 7 a.m. Everyone was sleeping. And I was like, I have to make this decision. Are we each spending $30 today? Or am I just picking one? I don't even know if I knew I could pick two. So I did Flight of Passage and then I never did Rise of the Resistance. Uh, totally wish I did though. That's going to be so, your number one for your next trip. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. Well, that is depending priority. upon, I mean, it could be Guardians of the Galaxy, Cobb's Cosmic Rewind, depending upon when you're planning on going again. But, um, you know, definitely, um, that, that you got to go on that. What about Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway? I didn't do that one either. So it, you know what? it, it came down to time too. Like I, we were so crunched for time. Right. We were only there four days and um not even full, a full four days so there was a lot to squeeze in right right <laughs> yeah there's a lot to do and i mean listen and that's a similar experience with that trackness technology as star wars and as uh remy's ratatouille adventure so but that's i mean that's some great information and intel regarding genie plus and individual lightning lanes and obviously prices are subject to change as well as the rides are subject to uh to change uh for the individual lightning lane ones so um, all right, Heather, go ahead. All right. So next question would be, what is your favorite ride? And it doesn't oh. have to be this trip itself or it could be. I mean, I know as we, since you've been going since you were so young, I'm sure it's changed throughout the years, but. I mean, so classic ride that like gives me all the memories is Splash Mountain because cool. I remember going when I was a kid and we went like 
during the middle of October. Nobody was there. And I just remember going on that over and over and over again. <laughs> I love and it. Um, yeah, so I'm very sad to see it go. But that was why, like, that was such a, a priority for me on this trip, too. Like, that's one of my favorite rides. And then I do love Flight of Passage. Um, I just think, like, the technology is awesome. You, you really feel like you're you're flying. And um, so th- probably those two would be my top favorite. I'd agree with that. And as far as Flight of Passage, though, you do have to see Avatar uh, to get the full experience. There are people who have still yeah. not watched that because they just never got into it. Uh, but I do think, you know, I, I like it. I don't. It's not Heather's favorite. <laughs> That's okay. My mom would agree with you. There you go. Did your brothers enjoy it? Oh, they loved it, yeah. Good, good. All right, so uh, I'm a big foodie, as as we've learned. What's what's your must-have snack? I'm going to sound, you know, like the typical Disney fan, but I have to say a Dole Whip. Yes, Uh, yes, for sure. You know? Dole Dole Whip's good. And it was kind of cool because, you know, they really – I've never used mobile ordering before. I just never wanted to. And they really, um, you know, you really have to use it a lot now. So we, we mobile ordered our Dole Whips and um, that was good. And then, of course, I love the pretzels too. Like I, every time I go there, I'm like, I have to have a pretzel. I have to have a Dole Whip. I have to, you know, like. <laughs> yeah, you're yeah. there just for the snacks. Pretzels. No, of course. Oh, yeah. Uh, have you had a Peter Pan float? No. Oh, that's like Dole, that's like Dole Whip, but it's uh, with lime and it has soda and a Peter Pan feather, and it's just good. So it's that's in the sweet. storybook treats in Fantasyland. Definitely got to check that out. Oh, yeah, that sounds good. All right. So then to piggyback off of Andrew with your favorite snack, what is your favorite restaurant? Um, hands down, Ohana. Okay. The Polynesian. Yep. I actually, I've only been there twice now. And last, last trip I went, for dinner there and it was amazing and I tried so hard to get dinner this trip and I couldn't do it so I got breakfast um but it was equally as amazing uh I just like the the food is so so good and just the you know the vibe in there like just I don't know I it's you have to do it yeah Ohana means family it's simple yeah that's it yeah all right any tips or tricks that you like all right what's your number one like tip or trick of of how to navigate uh, a trip to Disney World. Oh, okay. So I was thinking about my trip and like what I could give advice to somebody because even going so many times, I don't know everything, and I learn something new every time I go. So um, I have two tips. One is for Epcot when you are going to see Harmonious, the nighttime show. Um, I didn't know this, but. You know, you can really stand with the show before. Um, oh my gosh, what was it called? The well, reflection. Okay. Reflection, right? Well, yeah, well and it was Epcot forever in between that, but yes. Okay. Um, so I know that you really could stand anywhere at any country and really have a good view. And with their new show, Harmonious, you really want to try to stand like between Mexico and Canada or on the other side of like the American Pavilion because they have like this. Um, water show that's like reflected and you want to be standing like directly in front of it because the first time we watched it we were standing on the side and yes you still get a good experience but we didn't realize how much we were missing out on by not standing directly in front does that make sense yeah that's a great tip it's like a big circle and you want to stand in front of it because 
you'll miss out like all of the, you know, what's reflected on the water. Sure. Um, so we saw it and then we actually went back to Epcot. Um, I don't know, like the third night we were there, we had already been to two parks and like, no, we need to go back and see it again. And we stood in a different spot and it was totally different. So that's just like a little tip that I would give anyone that's going to see Harmonious in Epcot. So between Mexico Um, and Canada, those pavilions. Yeah. Like right on front and center would be the best spot. I mean, most people will be standing there too. So like you definitely want to get there early. Right. Um, But I, and, and then I'll say, going off of that too with magic kingdom i feel like a lot of people think they need to get a good spot early for the fireworks there and i disagree (laughs) um i feel like that's a waste of time to get early you know get there early for this for the fireworks show in magic kingdom but you definitely want to get there early for epcot so that's great tips great tips all right yeah um, and then lastly, how can people get in touch with you? Because they are listening, saying, oh, my gosh, this girl knows so much. I need to talk to her because I want to help. I want her to help me book my trip. So how can people find you? All right. So I have a Facebook page um, at Book MD Travel Nicole. Okay. Or they can send me an email at mdtravelbynicole@gmail.com. Perfect. And then we are going to link this down in our show notes as well. So, Nicole, thank you so much. Andrew and I have definitely learned a lot since, you know, our last trip um, just by listening to all of your experiences. So we appreciate you coming on and taking some time to talk to us. Yeah, we appreciate it, Nicole. And you'll be on again. Don't worry about that. But uh, this is going to wrap up uh, episode number 11. Uh, Again, the website, bookmdtravel.com. Heather, the socials? We are on Instagram at Magical Destinations Travel Co., Facebook, Magical Destinations Travel, and Twitter, Magical Desk Trav. Yes, be sure to reach out, live life, do what makes you happy, and let the Disney vibes flow. Find Disney vibes for all your vacation needs on the web at bookmdtravel.com. 